1: Good morning, good morning, everyone. I'm Tottie Herman, and I hope all of you are staying warm. Although it's not pretty, it's not too bad today.
2: It's not too bad today.
1: I think it's pretty good. I just came back from Florida, and I thought because I, it was great weather there, and I thought that I would have shock when I got here, but I didn't think it was that cold. Yeah. I, and I have a feeling, you know, the groundhog saw the shadow, and that hasn't happened oh. for a long time, so. I think, well, you can
3: take that to the bank. That's a sure. Uh, uh, I know, but,
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> but but Jerry, watch. I just think it's going to be an early spring. Do you? Yeah. Especially because yeah. I believe the groundhog. You
3: okay. believe? Well, listen. I I believe science. You believe the groundhog? You know, everybody <laughs> believes what they want these days. <laughs> well, well, although science sometimes fails me, but you know.
1: Well, at least we know the the winter is kind of.
3: It's been a long one. So, yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, but it yeah. wasn't a lot of snow, and you know what?
3: Been cold though. It's been when cold. I was
1: in Florida, you know, it was so hot, and I said, You know, if you did this, it's great when you're coming from New York and you're going right. to Florida and you're escaping right. the cold. Yeah. Okay, but if you did it every day, no, I, I think it'd be you. rather yeah. boring. Yeah.
3: No, and I used to go to Puerto Rico a lot, you know, I have friends that live there, and you come out in the morning and be like, Oh, it's so beautiful. And they say, Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like this every day. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I like the change of seasons, always have. love. Every, I love every season when it starts, and then I'm happy when it ends. It's like when you travel, it's good to leave and it's good to come home, you know. Change. I like
1: all the seasons. The only one yeah. I don't wish ended I know. is summer. I think that could be a little <laughs> bit longer. Okay, like to, just like another month or so. While, yeah. 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 But any anyway, you're listening to I on Real Estate, and we're here every Saturday morning from 10 to noon, no matter what the weather is rain yeah. shine sleet or snow hurricanes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did we, brought, I brought, we broadcast we somehow when there was the uh, hurricanes and and downtown was all full that da- was over i uh i begged the operators to let me just broadcast uh some information for people cuz nobody had electricity or they just had transistor radios and we opened all of our offices that had power, half of them didn't, half of them did. Um we opened them all to people to come in and get warm and recharge their their iPhones. So um I have to tell you, no matter what they say about New York, when when it comes down to it, they really they really pull together. They really do. New Yorkers are together. Yep. Yeah. It's true. I mean, Jerry, there was a friend of ours and and you know that you were there. There's a friend of ours and I'm not digressing, but I just have to say this. It was a friend of ours who had almost, I think he had a heart attack. Jerry was walking with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tell the story, Jerry. It's just a, a great New York story.
3: Well, it's a great New York story. I mean, unfortunately, it was sad because he, he ultimately ended up dying, you know, a couple of years later. But um, our friend, I was with him and he had a, a heart attack right on the sidewalk yes. in the middle of a hot day in August. And I I am not trained in anything like that, unfortunately, although I should, but I wasn't. And so I immediately called 911, and, and this woman is walking down. It was a crowded street, and she's walking down the street and very nicely dressed, and she stops, and she gets on the ground, and she starts doing CPR. And, I mean, it's a hot day, and she's kneeling on the dirty sidewalk, and then she gets Marcus, one of my employees, to help her take over CPR because she was getting tired because I never knew how much work it was. You have to really pump hard and she's giving him directions and i'm trying to tell the 911 operator where we are and of course she didn't know the streets in downtown manhattan and i'm and i gotta tell you you know the paramedics came and they were amazing they came very quickly and uh she disappeared into the crowd and i never got to get her name or thank you thank her and when I was talking to the ER doctor later on, and he came in and he says, oh, you're the one that saved his life? And I said, no, I just called the operator. I said, well, whoever did CBR or saved his life, he was dead and he came back. You know, they can tell that your heart had stopped. And and I thought, God, what an angel. That was an me angel. Choked. Was to that, was his, wow. that, that was his stopped. angel. Because she could have turned in a different direction and gone about her day. But she stopped and she got, you know, dirty and she got sweaty. And, and to help somebody else who she didn't know... And that 's what you know that's the humanity that I love It's a great story, yeah. so it's yeah. a great wow.
1: New York story, and it's just one of the many yeah. um there's a new show on Netflix I don 't know everyone's talking about it. did you see it Russian doll oh my on? God, it's so
2: good. Have and, you seen it, Jerry? <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: no,
1: and yes. I one got one of,
2: addicted it's so good
1: okay, <laughs> and one of the characters says, "This is New York, real estate is sacred, which I agree with yeah. but you've seen the show i haven 't seen it. It yet.
3: is so good. Let me just tell you, I tell everybody. Give it a chance. Don't stop after three episodes. I almost did. I was like, well, you know, this is it's it's it felt like it was a little repetitive that, you know, the, the theme is she keeps dying and coming back. Hmm. And how often can you do that? Well, it gets so interesting and I'm so glad that I stayed with it. It is one of the best things that I've seen. Really? She's amazing. I don't know who she is. I'm not good with names. And then there's a, a, the, the male lead who comes into it, too, is really good. It's a great, it's a great show. You yeah, should do it well, this weekend.
1: I, yeah, I, I. But don't give say up after three talking, episodes. Got don't it. Don't give up. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. obviously, uh, <laughs> you're here with my co-host Jerry Feeney. <laughs> and um, I'm proud to say that Jerry's one of the most knowledgeable and best respected real estate attorneys in New York. And if you've got a legal real estate problem, Jerry will be happy to help you. If you give us a call at or a ring or how? Email at eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. That's eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. Our mortgage and finance expert Ace Juan Suparp is here today. Ace is a vice president of Citizens Bank, and he probably knows more about mortgages and real estate markets than anybody in the business. We both use him personally. Um, I'd like to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support of the show and for their support of young New Yorkers who want to become homeowners but be- can't because of student debt. And I do, um, Ace is going to talk a little about that today. Yeah. But 89% of millennials want to purchase homes in the future. So they are definitely a generation that believes in home buying. Okay? That's why Citizens Bank developed a whole series of programs to help you refinance your student loan at Citizens Bank. Okay, Ace is going to talk about that. I didn't know that was possible. I think a lot of people, we have a uh, kind of an assistant that was complaining about a student loan, and I had no idea. I said, well, just call Ace, <laughs> and you can refinance. And you can and his, you can refinance at 3.90 and for a fixed rate at 2.82. For eligible applicants. You can also consolidate all your student loans into one conveniently monthly payment. Citizens even refinance the student loans for parents. Now, how many of you parents took it out? But who's ever listening to this, even if you don't have a child that has a student loan or you didn't personally take one out, share that with people you know because Citizens Bank does a great job. And it really, I'm trying to remember, this kid was paying how much?
2: It was close to 5%.
1: Yeah, I thought like it was even higher than 10. Yeah, and what a difference. So please go to the website, citizensbank.com, or give them a call at 866-999-0023, um, or give us a call, and you can call 24-7, 24 hours a day. There's always someone there, so if you're an insomniac like me, you could even call at 3 in the morning. You can also reach us if you can't call and we'll get back to you um, at radio show at or Dottie Herman on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, because New York is so wired there are cameras and sensors all over the five boroughs. Do you know that? Some fascinating facts have come to light. We know that we now know what the most dangerous streets in the terms of cars and pedestrians. We now can tell you, the streets that are most dangerous because of the traffic. Mm. Uh, and, and there was just this, I think it was last week. Yeah, that's another thing. I was, I think it was Midtown, if I'm not mistaken, it was around 34th, around there, 38th, around there. And um, a girl was on her phone, not paying attention to her surroundings, which many of us do. She was, you know, she was probably texting. And a truck, re- and she died instantly.
2: Yeah, she so, was only 29. Darling. Yes. So.
1: so please, I know we all do it, but please, you know, when you're walking and you're crossing streets and you're just, please put those phones away for a moment. No one thinks it's going to happen to them, but it does. Um, and it doesn't even have to be an unsafe street. It could be any street. There's also, we're going to talk about some things that you you might want to know about your neighborhood that put buyers off, and uh, what happens to a mortgage after divorce? So Ace and I will, uh, Ace will talk about that. On this day in history, I always tell you, February 23rd in 1954, actually that's when the polio vaccine started. Imagine that. Mm. So it wasn't Mm. that long ago. I mean, I guess it was. (laughs) On this day in 2009, the stock market was the lowest for 12 years and, uh, the Dow Jones closed at the lowest since October 1997. In comparison, this past week, we were pretty high, right? Mm-hmm. 2,600? 2,600? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was pretty high, I think. Yeah. So what do you think about the stock market? You see, I don't try to figure it out because I think you have to be on it 24-7 if you want to know when yeah, to I, buy. I, and I
3: can't th- watch it every day because it's just too, you know, it's up and down. It's it gets volatile. Me all yeah
1: I mean if you it. really watch it every minute and you know and you really do, but you know for someone like myself, I can't do that and I've always and I think I've told you I've always lost money in the stock market and I've made money in real estate not because I got a great deal believe it or not everyone thinks, oh you must get the greatest deals uh, not really <laughs> <laughs> Not really, because I'm not focused on, you know, I mean, there are people that that's what they do for a living. They buy properties. and um, But I'm always running a company, and I really wasn't focused. And whenever I bought properties, I did make money because I bought in the right place, I think. Um, and then, of course, I didn't sell it in six months. And so if you're, if you, you know, long, over the long term, real estate does, in most cases, it's a, it's a good investment. So that's that's really my advice on real estate. And I think really now is really great to time to, to, to get real estate. Again, if your birthday is a Pisces, you're sensible, quick witted witted and intellectual and you share your birthday with Peter Fonda. Gee, is he alive still? Yes, yes.
3: Is he? I don't, I don't know. Peter Fonda. I, I don't really
1: know. I d I don't know. Wasn't that Jane Fonda's brother?
3: Uh yes.
1: Yes, I thought so. Okay. So Oh wait a minute.
3: Is it her father? No, Henry No, her that's vote. Henry. Yeah. Then Henry.
1: And I gotta say, Jane Fonda, however old she is, she looks terrific. I mean, she really, I have to say, looks great. Um, I think this is big news, but we just heard now you know the rates were supposed to go up ace. Didn't the Federal Reserve express uncertainty of whether they would raise interest rates again in two thousand nineteen?
2: Yeah, so it seems like they're saying that they may not increase rates for possibly another year, but we'll see. You know, that's not definite. So
1: it's not definite, but they're saying that they. It was pretty much we've been telling you that we expect another rate hike or two. Yeah.
2: in November rates um went up three times. And yeah, it was hovering right around four point eight seven five. And
1: so again, it's not a definite, but you have some time, and we're in our spring market, yeah. so. It really is a great time to buy. It really It's really a good market, too. Um, U.S. sales prices, listen to this, increased. However, number of houses sold dropped. Why do you think that is? You guys figure it out? No. Well, we don't have a lot of inventory. So that's why there's less. If we had those... Millennials, and we would help them out with their student debt. Mm-hmm. There'd be more people, and the baby boomers. Maybe it's time to move to Florida. <laughs> they're not moving, <laughs> or 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 what they're doing is they're, you know, they're aging in place, or they're you know, they're, if they have the money, they're renting something for the coldest months, uh, or buying something. So you have. You know, you have, you know, usually, I mean, go back to, like, years ago when people retired. What did they do? Sold a house. And what a little tiny place now. They're like, no, I need room for my grandkids and my kids, so they come back. So there are a lot of them are aging in place. So it's a good market. Um, Out of all the, I don't think, I think, I'm not sure, I can't remember the number of townhouses in the city. It's a small number. Um, But the townhouses, uh, on our market report, outperformed those of co-ops and condos, meaning they went up more. Now, it's a small amount of them, so there's way more condos and co-ops. But people who want to live in Manhattan and want to have kind of a real house, that they don't have to have neighbors. I mean, I guess you do have neighbors, but they're probably, you know, at least they're not next door to you. I mean, they're not in your house, so, you know they're saying. Do you think it's a global downturn?
3: No, no, no. no.
1: Okay. So just don't read into articles without reading them because I just pulled this out because it just. If you read it, it says global downturn, juicy real estate deals. Okay, and it's in Bloomberg Business Week, London, asking price fifty million down, for, from fifty five million, Sydney. Okay, $6.9 million down to $5.3 and they go on. Dubai, okay, you know, 25% discount, Hong Kong, dis- New York discount. Well, first of all, you don't know if these things were overpriced to begin with. Okay, they don't tell you how long they were on the market. And a lot of, when you get to these high, high numbers, I'm not sure how you really price them. You know, there's a whole appraisal process, and one day maybe I'll have Jonathan explain that to you, although I could really, and so can Jerry and so can Ace. But that's for, like, but when you get to, like, these astronomical numbers that there are no comps for, Mm -hmm. your guess is as good as, I mean, you know, sometimes there's no science to it. But as I tell you, again, real estate continues to be, remember this, continues to be a top Wealth-generating vehicle, and that's from American Genius. Uh, From an investment perspective, real estate continues to be the top source of wealth in this nation. Again, the top source of wealth in this nation, even after the economy suffered in the past years. And remember those days, as I always tell you, when they said it's the end of real estate, we're in a recession, there was no one's going to, they're all losing money. Well, if you held your home, you made more money than You you made your money back and then some. And why is real estate different from stocks or any other investments? Real estate has the it has of of first of all you can pull monthly income in if you're buying investment property, and also unlike other investments where you're really taking a gamble on appreciation. I mean, look with companies. You know, you could get lucky and buy a company that was a nobody and it gets up and you can make millions, but there's no, you're really taking a gamble. With real estate, you can crunch the numbers to make sure the property, now that's in income producing property, which we will do some, it's complicated, I can't do it all in a show, and I can't make you a serious investor in real estate Uh on the radio, but I can give you some things to look at and some things to read. But if you do the numbers right on investment property and real estate as investments, you can figure out how to generate wealth. Um, Real estate continues to have the best chance of building wealth because it usually appreciates. And a stock, look, something can happen to the CEO and the next day the stock is down, okay, uh, real estate doesn't usually happen that way. You know, it doesn't just drop overnight unless there's some catastrophe that, you know, some major catastrophe. But it, it generally, you know, it generally does it doesn't drop overnight. Mm-hmm. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I hope Eli, Elon Musk has big plans and I hope that he builds the tunnel. He wants to be, bring a tunnel to New York. Did you hear that?
3: Revolutionized no. travel. That's great.
1: Yes, he does. And uh, that would be very nice. I think we have a break. I'm going to give you the most, uh, what? maybe I won't give you the most unaffordable affordable housing market. I should give the <laughs> most, I think. Okay, I'll do that at another time. I'm going to give you some other information that I think you won't want to miss. And then we're going to talk a little about some crazy marketing ploys that got these listings plenty of attention not that i would try them but some people are a little crazy and tried them and they did work
0: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 is douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
1: you're back, and you're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Jerry Feeney, our legal expert, and Ace one and two-part, our financial expert. And uh, we probably we can tell you whatever you need to know about real estate or anything about it. And if we don't know, we'll make sure we get you the answer. Oh, uh, Okay. I told you that I would, these are just for fun. I mean, I don't suggest you do it, but... This was a just weird. These are crazy, and I thought they were kind of fun, crazy ways that people marketed their house so they would stand out, you know, because, you know, when you're marketing your home, if it sounds like everything else, maybe nobody calls on it unless it's very cheap. So there's a guy. Um, this man, listen to this. This man posted a picture. He had a spacious bathroom, okay? So, you know, that was kind of the highlight. Of his pictures because he had this beautiful bathroom and this was in Texas wasn't anyone here, uh, so what he did he kind of uh, went in the in the in the bathroom and he was completely naked in the bathroom mirror, okay. <laughs> now the posting went viral, okay, and eventually. <laughs> Okay, so everybody was calling it. Was he
3: attractive at least? Well,
1: I didn't look really. <laughs> oh okay. come on! I mean, were
3: you can gonna avert your eyes to that? Can,
1: now he, you know. th- this went viral, and uh, they think it was just a marketing ploy because everyone looked at it. All it's right, a very
3: clever one if it is. And so
1: we're going to keep posted to see if he eventually sold that condo from those. Yeah. I mean, but you, he got. A but lot when he of- did
3: the, when he did the picture of the kitchen when he was naked, then it became kind of obvious what okay. he was doing. Problems.
1: Now this one I really thought was ingenious. I read this in Inman. Um, there was a. This is a colonial, you know, typical colonial four bedrooms. Okay, and you know, uh, the house was listed at uh, seven hundred fifty thousand. And what the uh, broke, I guess, <laughs> the broker did, and chaos uh, broke loose, was he made a secret dungeon in the basement with whips and chains, <laughs> and he called it Fifty Shades of the Fifty Shades Home.
3: <laughs> to the sex
1: dungeon. Okay, but now listen,
3: Yeah, it's got a uh, no news reporters uh, called no more children's playroom. but
1: <laughs> yeah, now it wasn't the real thing or wherever they filmed that. This was a ploy, but yeah. news reporters called cameras operators descended on the property to see this, and uh, the basement was done like a sex dungeon okay the seller asked the broker to think outside the box now do you think he thought outside the box
3: I uh, no pun intended he thought outside the box and and Dottie you know you've been saying for years listen do things differently okay rethink this whole thing and I these ideas are really good you know they're a little on the edge but they're getting attention that's what you you want attention on your property And by the way, Ace's idea last week, I still think, is ingenious. It was. Uh, Which is to, for those of you who don't remember, I'll try to encapsulate it, Ace, but not just do a video of an empty, you know, a home without people, do a video of of a day in the life of the home. Mm -hmm. The kids eating breakfast, and then, you know, they go to the mudroom and get their, you know, boots on, and then. You know, they go to the school bus, which is right down the street, and the opposite you know, a of a day the, in the life.
1: The yeah. opposite of the Fifty Shades. He calls it actually <laughs> <Yeah>. Fifty Shades <laughs> of Maple Glen in Philadelphia, where it's located. <laughs> and he has thirty uh, photos and photos. I, I always tell you are important. Yeah. And uh, there are two that show the sex swing and chains covering the beds. Yeah. Um, and it's been viewed a thousand times as far as Australia.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Australia.
1: Yeah. Mm. And over the weekend, the broker claims he scheduled forty showings. Okay. <laughs> I now, can't
3: wait to see when uh, who comes to see it.
1: Yeah. Now Redfin and Zillow removed all the photos of sex oh, rooms. Oh, come
3: on, guys! Come on, get grow up. And the Redfin. broker says.
1: It's yeah. a beautiful home in a great neighborhood. That's right. That's and what you should focus on, and you can remove nothing's permanently there. So if you don't want a sex dungeon, right.
3: and by the way, little newsflash, uh, Redfin people do have sex in their homes. That's allowed. That's part of the home. So you know this is this is real life here. I mean, come on, grow up. I think that's really ingenious. I, well, I that
1: broker sure thought yeah. out of the box.
3: Yes, yes, and I'll probably sell the home now. Which and you is know great. something.
1: Even though I'm saying, you know, I'm sure a million people just curiosity came to see it. Yeah. When you're marketing a home, it's a numbers game also.
3: You want eyes yeah, on it, right? It really the
1: more people to see it, the odds become more in your favor. And yeah. I always tell the brokers at Douglas Elliman, if you have a house and you do an open house every week and nobody comes... I think it's time for a different marketing ploy, okay?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Don't Let's keep do on doing <laughs> it
1: or try it at a different time. Maybe you want to try it, like especially now that the weather should, because of the groundhog, uh, start to get nice soon. Uh, uh, you should maybe consider having one on a Thursday or a Wednesday, Thursday after work, like a 6 o'clock showing, you know, six, an open house where people that, yeah. you know, you, you just try different things. Yeah, but yep. I really have to hand it to the broker. Not that I would have done that, but uh, no, I agree. It sure I got showings.
3: Really, that's really a clever, clever idea.
1: That's a good broker. Yes. So I have some dear dotty, and remember, you can call us. at ace. Okay, you can call us. Please call. I love your questions. But I have some dear dotty questions that people couldn't call, so they they sent us. When I say dear dotty, they could be dotty, they could be cherry, they could be ace. I'm trying to sell my house, and my neighborhood has been a barking dog in the yard. It's behind a fence, but it doesn't stop barking. The police say it's not breaking any barking rules because it's during the day. But when a potential buyer comes to look at the house, they're scared away by the noise. My brother-in-law says I can sue for a loss of desirability. Is that a real thing? Well, Jerry...
3: Loss of desirability sounds like a uh, <laughs> a lawsuit that we could all sue for at certain times. But I digress. Now, uh, I don't know of any, uh, it's called torts, by the way, is the area of law we're talking about. I don't know of any tort called loss of desirability. And that's you know,
1: why we tell you don't use your brother-in-law for an attorney yeah, if he's not really. Right,
3: <laughs> right. So, you know, first of all, you don't want to sue for anything here because litigation is expensive. It takes time. You know, I, we always start with, have you have you called the neighbor? Have you talked to the neighbor? And this poor dog, a barking dog is not a normal thing to be constantly barking. The dog is in some kind of distress. So if the neighbor won't respond to the distress of the dog, then t- talk to the, uh, you know, call the ASPCA or one of the animal control people and see if they can go and, and help the animal. Because that's, you know, my first concern is that the animal's in distress. Um, and, um, but, you know. You don't want to sue. You want to. You want to get to the result quicker than that. Right. And and it would be called a nuisance. By the way, is the cause of action. If you want to know, it's not loss of desirability.
1: Right. So just hope. But maybe you could go to the neighbor, like Jerry said, and just try to say. Try to, to us. talk to them.
3: I mean, yeah. Dottie, you have dogs. I mean, a, a dog barks, but not constantly. It's not normal for <laughs> it to constantly be barking outside.
1: No, but if but if I did have barking dogs and they were barking and somebody was trying to sell their home, <clears throat> and they came to me and said, you know. Uh, Besides for their size, they're scary looking. And uh, I would try to keep them in or something. I would I would try to help the person. I wouldn't.
3: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe now, offer to help.
1: This is from Bob in Massapequa. Well, I have a bunch of questions. I didn't do them last week. So we're trying to sell our valuable two-bedroom apartment in Throgs Neck. Oh, that was from Bob from Maxpeak, but That This is, this is uh, from uh, Sydney in, in, in Throgs Neck. We're trying to sell a valuable two-bedroom apartment in Throgs Neck, and there's a big fight brewing between me and my wife and my real estate broker. (laughs) And I'm siding with my real estate
3: broker. (laughs) Not a good idea. Bad move. Might (laughs) might sell your property, but (laughs) your wife will end up winning, by the way.
1: My (laughs) wife is a retired teacher, and her whole life she has been painting in her spare time. Some of the paintings are wonderful, but some are not so good. She would kill me if she knew I was telling you this. Okay, we, I shouldn't say your name. Okay, so I won't. Uh, I just said you're from next, so hope she's uh, figuring it out. She, her paintings are up all over the house. It's the first thing every seller notices. The every broker asked mm. gently that some of them be removed to show off the mm. apartment better. My mm. wife was very hurt. She wants to find a new broker. How could I get my wife to understand? <laughs>
3: Take out the shredder, the home shredder, and uh, just put them in the shredding machine. No, I'm just
1: kidding. No, then you'll have uh, a divorce. Maybe <laughs> the broker will still be there, and you won't have a wife. Yeah. Yeah. I I think well, how you how gotta you, sit do you, her do down, and you have to tell her. Listen, art is very specific and not objective, and objective. And some people, you know, like I love it, your and art some, yeah. and plus, you know, when there's a lot of art, maybe. it... It's too much, and it's the house. I think you've really got to sit and talk to her. And you say,
3: listen, don't quit your day job. You're a teacher, okay? Your art is horrible.
1: <laughs> I know. Now we have the typical smoking question.
3: I have a break, Daddy. I think we should take it maybe after yes, the Yes, we'll break.
1: take it right after the break. And uh, you're listening to I Am Real Estate, 866 970 We'll be right back.
0: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
1: We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Jerry Feeney, our legal expert, Acewise Two Park, our financial expert, and anything you need to know about real estate or anything to do with real estate. I think we've got the best show on the air. Absolutely. Anyhow, I was in the middle of uh, uh, sometimes when people can't call in, they send us emails or texts. And um, here's one uh, that I started to say before the break that they live, this is from, who is this from? This is from Arthur Goldstein from Manhattan. And he said, I once lived in a condo in Miami, and a person on the second floor smoked two packs a day. And even though I lived on the 19th floor, Whenever the elevator's doors opened on the second floor, the elevator was filled with smoke. Mm. It made me gag. Somehow, the building made the smoker move out, and after a long time, but he finally moved out. Now, I live in a condo building on East 72nd Street, and a new couple moved down the hall. They've introduced themselves very nice older people who like to eat a lot of fish. <laughs> Our entire hallway smells of fish on most nights, nice, and it makes me gag and feel sick. Jerry, mm-hmm. are there any laws to stop fish smells that make me ill?
3: You know, <laughs> this is actually... Uh, but what these the are bi- true. It's true. It's one of the biggest areas of, of uh, dispute now in, in apartment living, and there's been litigation about it, and buildings are trying to enforce rules about it. It's, you know, ambient uh, aromas. Uh, I guess we've run out of other things to complain about. Um, particularly with, you know, different cultural types of cuisine, right? And people, um, you know, there's been a lot of issues about uh, people of Indian descent and p- discrimination against them because of the perception that the aromas from their cooking are going to present an issue. You know, we always start with that. Everybody's got to try to get along. Okay, right. apartment living is different than living out in the middle of the country. And you sometimes you do get wafting aromas. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with, what we grew up with, right? You know, the smell of Italian food cooking is lovely. The smell of cookies baking is lovely. Well, maybe you're not as used to other types of cuisine, and I get it. Fish cooking is is pungent, and it's generally not a pleasant smell. <laughs> um, so, and, and there is an obligation of people not to cause a nuisance to their neighbors when they cook, <clears throat> but it's impossible to keep the aromas from from wafting out. Um, so, you know, perhaps. Start with the neighbor might not know. You got to say to them, by the way, you, you probably don't realize, you know, I'm sure you're a wonderful cook, but, you know, it actually <laughs> seeps out sticks. of the apartment. <laughs> yeah, Maybe they can put one of those uh, barriers under the door that, you know, the, that blocks, you know, the thing that blocks the uh, air from coming out.
1: You know, it's tough. And if <coughs> if you're used to living in a house, um, once you move to an apartment, you know, you can get lucky and have great neighbors who don't smoke and who don't cook fish every night and who right. love loud music. Or you can get unlucky. And, yeah. uh Or you can get lucky in the beginning and somebody else moves in. And so that's just one of the things that you really need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. especially for those people who are coming from a home and now buying an apartment, yeah. whether it be a co-op or a condo. Yeah. Um That's uh, kind of life in the big city. It, so, it is. Yeah. And,
3: and, you know, I always tell people when, when I move into a new building, I always, you know, knock on the neighbor's door. Not that I really want to be, you know, um, <laughs> too overly friendly, but... Here's my cell phone. You know, I don't know how these walls are. I don't know if my stereo, uh, that I play the music that loud, but if ever there's anything disturbing, just pick up the phone and call me so I know, because we don't always know how our sound emanates into other apartments. Right. So you have to start with letting people know that there's an issue in a nice way. They might not realize it. The upstairs neighbor might not realize when they clack around in high heels that it comes right down through the, the, the ceiling. So maybe... They'll say, oh, well, you know, I was thinking of buying a carpet anyway, so let me go and do that so it doesn't disturb you. It's I worth a people- try. It doesn't try. guarantee. Exactly. There's another
1: one that I have. I'll just quickly, another thing. And they. this is in um, Englewood. And she, Esther shares a terrace in a very big apartment building. And some neighbors have a divider. So if you share a terrace, you can get a divider. It costs about $500 to have it installed by the landlord. So the landlord mm-hmm. will put a divider in but the neighbor keeps bicycles on their part of the terrace um, and a barbecue grill they use in the summer. And they leave Christmas lights up all year. Okay? Which <laughs> I love
3: that. Now,
1: this is, she. you know, Esther realizes it is not against the rules, but it looks atrocious and awful. I can mm. see it all from my living room windows. I asked my neighbors about storing the bicycles elsewhere, and he pointed out that many people keep bicycles in grills. On the terrace, Mm -hmm. both neighbors and both neighbors. There's nothing you can really do. And I do think it looks terrible if you're driving and you see apartment, you see bicycles. Yeah. But sometimes they have no place to store it. And, uh, you know, you can ask. And Esther did certainly ask. But um,
3: I'm surprised the building allows it. Most buildings, you can't keep bikes on there because it's a hazard if there's a windstorm or something like that. Well, then
1: you really should. Again, when you're moving into a building, I think Jerry's told you a million times, you should read the rules. Of what you're allowed to do and what you're not. Because if you come from a house, trust me, I lived in a home, a single family home my whole life until I moved to the city. And then, you know, even for myself and I'm in real estate, I wasn't really knowledgeable about all the things that you really might have to contend with. Uh, I'm very knock on, you know, fortunate to have neighbors that are fine. Uh, But you never know. And it's just a... You just have to – so you know what the building will let you do and let you not do. Right. Um, this was um, for uh, Ace or Jerry, I don't know. Uh, what's a closing credit, and is it worth it? Does right. it pay the down yeah. payment on your mortgage? Well, I don't think so. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'll be nice. Um, Jerry, you want to take it, or are you – Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I
3: mean I – mean, um, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, so closing credit basically – um, it's um, either the seller giving a um, seller concession, or the bank is giving you a closing credit. So it really depends on what you mean by closing credit. But um, especially in today's marketplace, sellers are willing, and that's why Dottie said right now maybe the the perfect time to buy because sellers are willing to give you concessions mm-hmm. on on your either closing costs or on the price of the home.
1: So, so how do they go about it? Like, okay, that's a good yeah. point. And so let's just talk about it for a second. If you're saying that seller, when we say sellers or I guess people are are willing to do that, not all sellers, but some. Not all sellers. So, how do you do that? I mean, how do you ask that? What do you tell your broker to ask that? What do you, I'm just curious what everyone's opinion is. And that's, let me tell you something else. That is why, and I believe so strongly, that most people do not realize the significance and the importance of a good real estate broker. Yes. They have no clue, and it's not just about showing you stuff, okay? It's also negotiating because I think some people wouldn't even bring it up. So what do you think? Should they bring it up?
2: Um, I think they should definitely bring it up, right? So I think um, depending on how long the um, listing has been on the market, sellers may be a little bit more motivated. So asking for some sort of concession can come in so many different ways, but you're right, Dottie, having a really good broker to kind of work –
1: Yes, and I think, out. Ace, you might have mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago that if you're selling your home and you want to stand out, I don't suggest you do Fifty Shades of Grey and put, like, <laughs> a, you know, all that equipment. I mean, all the, well, you might, I don't know. But another thing you can do is you can pay some of the closing costs. Now, we talked about the millennials that they usually, a lot of them have very good incomes, but they, but they haven't saved enough down payment because they've had student debt. Well, if you, instead of doing a price reduction, if you buy down the mortgage, and uh, maybe we can talk about a little yeah. later on how to buy down a mortgage, but, you know, I think you would attract a lot a lot of people who yeah, the, are a little short of cash.
3: Yeah, the seller can, you know, uh, uh, pay the mansion tax. The seller yes. can offer to pay the mansion tax. I don't even think the bank cares that. I don't even think you have to- Well, the mansion tax is over a million,
1: okay? Yeah. But but let's just say a 700 or a 500 house. I mean, these are like the people that are starting out- Okay, yeah. it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but instead of taking the price adjustments, that might help them more.
2: Just being more creative, right? So sellers can actually buy down the rate for the buyer. And we we did an exercise this week, Dottie, where the seller if he had dropped the price by let's say two hundred thousand right. by him buying down the rate, it's actually a lower monthly payment for the buyer just by buying down the rate and not reducing yeah, the price. Let's,
3: let's explain that, because I, I think I, that's yeah. a really important
2: we
1: thing, should, so. Yeah, we should explain. I don't know, if, can yeah. you do it in five
3: minutes? Yeah, I can do it in less than five minutes. Okay. So, so let's suppose that um, the, the property is priced at a million dollars. What Ace is saying is that the, the monthly payment, which is really what people live in, right? Correct. You live in the monthly payment on an, apart- on an apartment or house, that by the seller offering to pay the bank to buy down the rate, you know, might cost them a few thousand dollars and, you, and the bank will then reduce the interest rate. There's a fee for doing that, of mm-hmm. course. And then that is going to cost that buyer to to pay the monthly payments on that house the, say, the same as it would be if the house were priced at $200,000 less and there was no rate buy-down. Exactly. So really what you're doing is you're figuring a way to kind of reduce the price for the buyer, but it doesn't cost the seller anywhere near that because they're just buying down the rate. Mm-hmm. Ace when the when the seller offers to pay one of the closing costs for the buyer uh, or do this, does it have to does the appraisal have to come in higher like they would if it was just a regular seller concession? no.
2: um it's no? it's really based on the concession, right? And it's and it's a buyer's mm-hmm. credit. So the yeah. sellers are actually doing a favor for the buyer. Um, right, but it's not the, yeah. but
3: like if you did a regular straight out concession,
2: yeah, it's, the it's appraisal not like, would have to come in higher. Yeah, it's not, yeah, like it's that, not right? the same. Correct. And so, by so the way, know.
1: I think it would really stand out like in, if you're advertising it, whether it be on the internet or however, you're, to say interest rate at, give me a number.
2: Yeah, I mean, you would probably—so we've been working on this sort of marketing strategy with the real estate agents, right? And I think what we need to do is start having the conversation shift from price to more like payment, almost like how you advertise a car, right? So today, you look at the car industry, and when they advertise in the commercials, they never say that the car is $120,000. They say low monthly payments as low as $400 a month. So. That's really how we're going to attract um, millennial buyers too because a lot of these younger professionals, they think of payment instead of price. And
1: now if you're a seller, okay, some of the things that you learn on this show, you need to ask your broker You know, when you're interviewing brokers. I mean we have a lot of training at Douglas Elliman. It's ongoing. I never think you can learn enough. Uh, but you have to ask people questions. Like to the, to the, when you're interviewing brokers, okay, how would you market this? give me a marketing plan. Is there anything out of the box? Would you think of something? How would you make it stand out? Uh, and get, you know, besides for looking at comps and pricing, because obviously pricing is important. Um, if you overprice it, you know, then, you know, it's probably going to sit there. But really, I really think that smart. I'm a believer in marketing. So I, I think that that's a good, good thing to do. And I think, credits or taking off or paying some of the closing costs, okay, where a seller can pay some of the closing costs will help a millennial or somebody who's a first-time buyer or somebody who has good income but short of cash. It'll make a a greater, greater pool. Um, We're going to, after the break, I'm going to talk about some trends that will impact the market in 2020. you know, for the rest of the year, and you're going to want to not miss that. But I just have a quick question, and I hope I can get it done, Jerry. There was a case where um, a homeowners association again, homeowners association, make sure you read what the laws are. They wanted to do their, they did their their playground in purple, and of course, um, the homeowners sent a letter demanding the purple pra- to be removed. They didn't like purple. Mm-hmm. The the home the people that own the the the, the co the condo. Uh, got people like neighbors to petition to say they didn't care, and the um, homeowners association ignored the p- petition. So the question is, they've hired an attorney. Is there a way, like if you're in a homeowners association and they have a rule that forbids something, but all your neighbors agree it's okay? Is there? Any, do, you ever, do you ever hear anything about that? I well, know.
3: I mean it's a, it's a good it's a good idea to refute the the contention that you know it's an eyesore and that you know, it's causing um, concern in the neighborhood to have the neighbors say, I don't care about it. You know, it sort of takes the wind out of the sails of, then why is the homeowners association pursuing that? But, you know, there's good reason why homeowners associations have to enforce consistency rules. I don't think that they should be the Gestapo, but, uh, you know, a purple uh, kids play area is, is, you know, gonna, if everybody did that, then all of a sudden you'd have, you know, you know, you don't know understand what you're saying. There's got to be consistency. No, and in again,
1: you know, you, you know, most Purple fences and things like this. Yeah, it's most of associations do have laws in there because, you know, you, you could get somebody who does a purple house or maybe a hot pink house. And that might detract from everybody's values, just like cutting the lawn. And if you, you know, if you're messy, if you. But. I don't really know the answer because there is really no answer. I don't know if the homeowners Association would say, "Look, let it go already if everyone's okay with it or they wouldn't. It really depends on the homeowners association and how many neighbors signed the petition and if the homeowners Association thinks it's really not a big deal, we'll just we'll let it go. It's really there's no answer, so I think Jerry's answer is the best. Try it. you have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. These people are going into litigation. I don't know if I'd go that far for a Purple Playground. But uh, (laughs) the worst that can happen is they say no. So I'm always in life. The worst that can happen is if someone says no, then ask the question. Don't be afraid of the word no. That's my advice before the break. We'll be back after the 11 o'clock news. We're going to talk about what you can expect for the remainder of the year. Um, And... Some condo and board questions that and how you should answer them if you're a, if you're going to move into a co-op We'll be right back 866 970 70 real estate
0: with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA